Live, live, live. We're finally live. Jeez, man, you should have yelled. You should, I know the meeting started at like ten minutes you, before dude, live. Like, dude, you should have you should have yelled, man. Yeah. I think it's very few times where it's like justified, but that was there was a justified yell. Yeah, but you were very passionate, right? So I didn't want to. But when am that. I not? Well, <laughs> when am I not? Well, yeah. damn, dude. Apologies, everyone. I realize we are like twelve minutes late. I don't know. There's like a business going on here. Oh my goodness. Running a business. Woo! Oh, God. Not complaining. I'm just saying things get out of hand sometimes, including the last 13 minutes. Thank you very much to everybody who uh, waited around, who joined us here, who hit the notification bell so that they don't miss a live show. Yeah. Appreciate the patience. Because the live been getting more live by the day. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you that. When we started out, we were sort of live. Then we were live and not live. Now we're double live. We're as live as we've ever been. A-live. We're A-live. Okay. You know what that means? Well, it means we're not dead yet. Oh, right. And we might as well use the time we've got since we're not dead yet. And you know what else isn't dead? My Tesla isn't dead. Good. Because the temperature outside is like, what is it, spring now? It's spring. Yeah. In February. In A lot of rain. Canadiana, which is like, I don't know, it's a different world. But anyway, so the Tesla loves it. Tesla ain't complaining. Tesla doesn't, uh, isn't bothered by it. However, when we had minus 20 Celsius... I got crazy and started ordering things because I was like, I can't live like this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I knew that there was a a 250 kilowatt charger, universal charger down the road that wasn't occupied, as I waited in line with 25 other Teslas at the official charger, that's when I started ordering things. Mm -hmm. And And, uh, that happens to be this. It came. It came. It finally came. Well, they didn't give me a date. They didn't even give me a delivery date. They were just like... Uh, will ship soon type of thing. Okay. So I was kind of like, well, I, I don't know, maybe it's a week, maybe it's less. And then uh, also you know, some vehicles need to be retrofitted in order to use this, mm. some different vehicles. This is the famous CCS Combo 1 adapter, uh, which takes your Tesla charge port and converts it and adapts it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call it the CCS Combo 1. So now we can use it with universal fast chargers up to 250 kilowatts. Now, some of those stations are actually 350 kilowatt capable, but 250 kilowatts, we're, we're fine with two, 250 kilowatts. And you're saying this one works with the 350? No, 250. Oh, 250. But that particular port, not this side of the port, of course, they show you the Tesla side and not the other of side. Course. The other side of the port. If you have a one of these CCS level three, like the Hummer EV or or whatever, you can go to three fifty kilowatts. Oh, gotcha. With the dope, with the extra prong down at the bottom. But anyway, I'm excited nonetheless. Two fifty kilowatt. Uh, there's these chargers do exist, and actually some of them are closer than uh, Tesla superchargers. So I'm gonna go test this thing out and get back to you guys and let you know how it's going. It is a bit of a bulbous adapter, uh-huh. which. I mean, it's a bit of a beast. It's kind of a tank. Look at that baby right there. And heavy too. Did you feel it? No. Yeah, I know it is. It is. Don't you can toss just it over here. You can just tell from looking at it that it's heavy. Uh, this is the Tesla official one. There are third-party units mm. 
that are available on Amazon. I don't know how they work. You can save only like 50, 60 bucks. I thought if you can buy a third party, shouldn't it be even less than that? But anyway, uh, so you can order these off Tesla's website and actually get them relatively quickly. And uh, it does say right on it, 250 kilowatt capable and temperature rating minus 30 to uh, minus 30 Celsius to 50 Celsius. Is there any Tesla branding on it? The, this itself not be on the sticker. There's no T so on it. How does the and box- there's nothing else inside the box. That's it. No manual. Nothing? No, that's all you get. No stickers. No stickers. No paperwork. Where's my unboxing experience, Elon? I need a special touch here. So how does the locking mechanism work? So the locking, the locking will happen. Oh, you know what it says? Made on Earth by humans. Okay, that's a okay, little. That's, a that's bit what cheeky. you get. And then made in Taiwan. If you're curious. Okay. Um, so it'll lock the exact same way using the Tesla latch on the bottom. Mm. right here which has been a bit finicky in the cold weather i'm not gonna lie because on the outdoor chargers you often will get a little ice buildup in there and it won't latch uh, properly and then you're jamming and goofing and brutal. can be a bit annoying but on this side this will just click in if you recall when we had the hummer ev in here uh it, it was just like a gas cap like mm. pop open the gas cap slam it in there mm. and uh it's a it's a pretty simple latching system on the on the top portion oh, here see. like a yeah. clip style latch which is external as opposed to having the motorized element because uh-huh. as you know on the tesla the motorized element has to come up and latch mm-hmm. in here mm-hmm. and if you have any kind of malfunction with that you ain't charging mm. so anyway i'll try this out soon i told you guys i was going to get it and i'm going to try to max out that 250 kilowatt uh charge on a universal charger but with my tesla and get yelled at by other people that are like hey we have to use this charger you have tesla options you guys supercharger and i'm like no no no, it's for science yeah it's for science uh-huh. uh apple is discussing iphone 14's all new internal design with increased repairability right to repair right to repair that's pretty cool uh, i know they were they were taking note because they were shipping out those hilarious at home self repair kits and yeah. it's like a colossal <laughs> briefcase pelican case yeah. with and they worked well but it was kind of it was funny because it's like how many reg like is this really for regular people i think the, it was more so that you could have a thriving market of would-be repair shops and such kind of like automotive mm. you can work on it yourself sure but like let's make parts and things accessible to the third parties that do a great job of this and service communities and so forth but either way they embraced it to a certain extent the self-repair program and then if you're going to embrace that then maybe you actually look at your upcoming devices and attempt to modify those so that they're actually easier to work with in the first place apple senior director of iphone product design richard din recently spoke with the sydney morning herald's tim biggs about the design of the standard iphone 14 and 14 plus including internal changes to simplify repairs they're equipped with a removable glass back panel for easy repairs making them the first models that can be opened from both the front and the back sides of the device since the iphone 4s and i remember the iphone 4s because i was actually repairing those believe it or not about a billion years ago so this means as opposed to having one way in you have two ways in so you have easier access to well a large portion of components that maybe you want to you want to uh, mess with or maybe even just for diagnostics to mm. see what the problem is was if there was some sort of water entry or something like this pop off the back panel the new structural design with a central aluminum frame helps to dissipate more heat across the entire surface more consistently and the ability to access the logic board from either side of the device results in improved 
repairability. So you can remove or access the logic board. I don't know if you can remove it in either direction, but you can actually access your variety of connectors and so forth. Mm -hmm. By accessing the logic board, well, like some of these connectors that go to external components, you can see those little attachments there. Uh, you can sometimes replace those ribbon cables if those happen to, happen to fail right. or whichever components are connected via those ribbon cables. So yes, more access is better. I, I, it's, it's hard to be mad about this. Mm -hmm. Google Maps is going to offer turn-by-turn -turn directions on iPhone's dynamic island. Whoa. Easy there. That's pretty cool. Google today announced its Maps app will support live activities in the coming months, providing iPhone users with access to turn-by-turn -turn directions on the lock screen and in their dynamic island, right inside your dynamic Welcome to Dynamic Island, mm. where all your needs will be met immediately upon arrival. You're like... God, what need? It's like you know what I'm I'm picturing when I when I go to Dynamic Island. It's like Jurassic Park. Yeah, like when you're coming into and and you got the song playing. It's full of wonder at the beginning. Yeah, and then a death trap at the end. What is the song that? Can you hum that for me? The Jurassic Park. I remember it, but I'm not. And then they made the meme of it. it was like. Oh yeah. Yeah, the melodic version. Introduced with iOS 16, live activities are essentially live notifications on the lock screen that make it easier to stay on top of real-time events. Well, listen, Google is often heavily focused on its iOS customer mm. because, guess what? The Android customer is already all in. Like, that person's all set. And sometimes it is a bit frustrating when you see, like, a feature. I'm not saying in this case, but just in general, when they're, like... A test a feature on the YouTube app on iOS first. Mm. And you're like, hey, man, what's yeah. the matter with you? Uh, but that customer is really important to them. It's a huge uh, user base, and they want to keep that customer interacting with their products. It's a competitive marketplace. Think about Maps, for example. Mm -hmm. Maps has to go up against Apple Maps on iOS. It doesn't on Android. Android is just, it's already yeah. there. It's You got your Google Maps. Yeah, there's so, no Apple Maps on uh, Android. But this is the beauty of competition. Well, is that it pushes you to have to do more when sure. you have a competitor sure. that you can identify. And so that includes getting yourself into dynamic islands, if need be, as they've done in this particular case. Very cool. Uh, here's a cool feature on the new Galaxy S23, which actually popped up a little bit later. I didn't know about it, and apparently it may or may not ever show up on previous versions this is allowing you to bypass the internal battery so that you uh, don't need to be charging the battery while plugged into the wall. Now, you're sitting there saying, who the hell and what the what the why would you ever want to do such a thing? Because, well, it is common practice for people to have extended gaming mm -hmm. sessions at full power. And in those circumstances, particularly in hot climates, but not even necessarily hot climates, you have a ton of heat being created by the charge process. Gotcha. So if you know you're going to be sitting by the outlet because you're just gaming for a while and you don't want all that extra heat being generated and you want tip-top performance because you're able to have less heat, you use this USB charge bypass feature, what they call pause USB power delivery. It's inside of the game booster, but I suppose you could use it for other reasons as well outside of gaming. So it's a manual setting. And this will also help to maintain battery life over time because you're not constantly in this recharge cycle when you right. don't really need to be. Right. And instead, you're sending wall power straight through to the device. 
I and think it'll keep your hands like cool. Absolutely, keep your hands cool and your components cool, mm-hmm. right? So you're getting those frame rates and whatnot. Uh, just go back up a little bit. The, yeah, the throttling aspect is key. So your phone starts juicing up the battery, and it's also powering the processor, the GPU during gameplay. But with the bypass charging, processor can manage the device's thermals better. Overall heat production on the device is reduced, and it should give you more efficient performance, which then has a better chance of avoiding throttling, which is really what everybody wants to do. Nobody, mm-hmm. there's not a single person that's like, ah, I'm a big throttle guy. I, I love the throttling. Big fan. Huge fan of the throttling when it kicks in. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there it is again. <laughs> Lovely throttling. No, no, no. Uh, now, I don't know. It could cause confusion, a feature like this, mm. in, in the sense that if somebody enabled it accidentally, they'd be like, why is my phone not charging? I think it's a problem. So just be right. aware that this feature exists. At the moment, it's just the S23 devices. It hasn't rolled out to the previous models. It may or may not, depending. I, I don't know if the if it's a hardware thing or just strictly software thing. Mm. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube all appear to suffer outages at the same time. Curious, Will. This reminds me of a group of sheep walking in a circle behind one yeah. another chaotically. It's Armageddon. Actually, they weren't very chaotic. They were kind of orderly, actually, but... The, the the reasoning for it might be chaotic. Not one, not two, not three, but four major tech platforms suffered intermittent outages on Wednesday. I did hear about this. This morning, I was introduced to this particular issue. Were you affected? Oh, I was affected, all right. Yeah? No, actually, I didn't really, really get online until after, it seems, most of it was over. But I just saw the tweets of people saying, YouTube, where art thou? Where are you? And then other tweets saying, hey, was was Twitter down for any of you? It's curious because it's one of those moments where, you know, people have their concerns about everything being online and everything being centralized and like how robust are these systems that we rely on so significantly mm-hmm. or are they distributed? And then you see an outage that affects all at the same time and you're like, what is, what, what yeah, are, they, are they all working together? Were they all on AWS? I thought they had their own stuff going on. Uh-huh, it, uh-huh. Was the main pipeline cut? Is that what happened? Yeah. Did someone actually break the internet? Sort of seems like it. Users of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, some of the web's biggest platforms, reported experiencing major issues on Wednesday with many losing access to basic features and functions. Reports first poured in concerning Twitter, where users reported being met with a message telling them they'd reached their tweet limit for the day. I had a separate story on this topic. Twitter actually does have a tweet limit. It's 2,400 tweets per day, which the platform says it uses to alleviate strain on its back end. However, most people don't tweet that much. And many of the people who reported receiving the message said they hadn't even tweeted that day. What you doing, Elon? Hey, Elon, what you doing over there? It is curious. Uh, I'm sure we'll never find out the true cause. And whenever they tell us what the real cause was, everyone will speculate and be skeptical and say, I don't think that was the real. This is espionage. This was an attack. On the United States of America. And then it'll be fine for a couple of years and then another nuke is this happens. The, is this the perfect use of the melty face? Because that's how I would I've feel. I've been using if, that a lot lately. If everything is down, my face yeah. might be melting. Uh-huh. Here's a tweet from Very Teen dramatic. YouTube. Hi. We've seen reports that YouTube homepage is down for some of you. Melty face. We're looking into it right now. I'm really sorry if you're experiencing this. We'll follow up with more soon. Thanks for your patience. Uh, so melty happy face is like, we're still pleasant, but we feel your pain. Hmm. Is that what they're trying to put out there? Like, 
Because like, yeah, I would. Ha- everyone has a melty face. I would use skull there, in that circumstance. No, that's too dramatic. Exactly. That's why I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I go. Uh, t- uh, YouTube is down for all of you. Skull. And then I would leave people thinking, like, okay, is it, like, when do we get it? Like, I love the ambiguity of it. The the ambiguity of the skull is fantastic. uh, Anyway, we don't need to go into why it's my favorite emoji, but anyway, it it looks like everything's back now. Here are some conspiracy theories. Uh, Did Twitter break because those were remaining, those were the remaining four Twitter employees in front of Congress today? Coincidence? Yeah. Anyway. Still don't know. Okay. Um, Yeah, this story. Yeah, but I was looking for the, it was a Hollywood reporter. I think you got to go to the next tab. Yeah, here you go. So this limit is, like, people had exposure to it via this outage and then started to question what actually is this limit? Hmm. Like, to to what what extent has it been changed or is it the same thing that's always been there it seems enormous 2400 tweets a day mm-hmm. is like man I, that's a lot but then you look into it or at least the hollywood reporter did and it seems that maybe you could bump into some of these restrictions because it does seem to also apply to things like private messages of which you could have a lot um the daily tweet limit is 2400 but the site notes that the daily update limit is further broken down into smaller limits for semi-hourly intervals. And retweets also count toward that limit. Now, does this have to do with bandwidth or is this some sort of anti-bot behavior? Because you have to imagine bots would be at the extreme end of the spectrum mm-hmm. when it comes to producing tweets mm-hmm. and whatever other behaviors bots might get into uh according to the help page users hitting limits will be allowed to try again in a few hours after the limit period has elapsed though it's not clear what exactly the time period is on wednesday afternoon people hit their daily limit uh uh, error they got the daily limit error but there's a suggestion that even within like a five minute interval or a half hour interval or something along these lines that you could hit other limits that aren't published that aren't on their help page Mm. the other limits that are on the help page include a maximum of 500 direct messages per day that's not like i don't know some people might be in a group chat that could hit that it doesn't seem like that much and a follow limit of 400 accounts per day that seems very bot targeted Mm. because that's a big part of how those bots operate, following, unfollowing accounts constantly. Twitter is also capping the total number of that, that an individual user can follow to 5,000. That's that follow for follow thing. Back in the day, you'd see a person with a million followers, but they're following a million people. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, that doesn't, the site wasn't really intended to be used that way. So anyway, some details I didn't know existed over these limits and some people apparently bumping into them, even though. It, that may have more to do with the outage and the technical glitch than them actually hitting those limits. Sure. Google stock tumbles nearly 8% after the Bard ad shows up with the uh, in, inaccurate answer and the AI race is heating up. People are like, let me go get some of that Microsoft instead. You don't even know how to Bard properly, Google. Uh-huh. You're barding all wrong. Too many mistakes. And there's one. Yeah. I don't know if it's directly correlated. I always wonder about this when there's like a... A sort of uh, a correlation 
And then people are like, okay, well, that must be responsible. It probably played some kind of role, but it can't be the whole deal. It's like, well, when I bent that iPhone and then uh, Apple's stock was suffering, everyone was coming up to me. They're like, yo, Apple lost billions of dollars because of you. And I'm like, I feel like there's other factors here. It was a, it was probably a con, con, uh, contributing factor, but I feel like there's other factors here sure. at play. Google posted a video on Twitter demonstrating the experimental conversational AI service powered by Lambda. And in that, this is what we talked about yesterday, they got something wrong. They got a particular piece of information wrong. Yeah. They said uh, it was in, in regards to a telescope that took a particular image and they said – yeah, that's the first one ever to do that. And it turns out it was actually not the case. Mm -hmm. And there was a European Southern Observatory that actually had it first. And so everyone's like, yo, if your AI can't get this right, I'd best be selling my stock uh -huh. because you're, you're way off. Yeah. And we're sick of it. I don't know. Anyway, you can see now it's sitting at 9393 alphabet CIA. This is down 5%, I guess, on the day. I feel like there's other factors involved, but that's still, but it is still not a good look, nonetheless. Like regardless, for sure, not the look you want with one of your first AI advertisements. Say, look, look at our proficiency in AI, and you get that one wrong. But the thing, yeah, especially if it's a commercial. The thing is, AI is going to get things wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. That's just pretty but obvious. It's, to me. it's something that they promoted. But if it's like you know someone just trying the program out and they get it, they get it wrong, then. That's something else. These conversational AIs, they can get things wrong. They're, 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 it's based on this variety of inputs, and the inputs can be wrong. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that um, since it's an ad that they promoted, then it's going to be a lot of eyeballs. Then, yeah, it should be right. Yeah, it had like a million. It, but, Will, sure. have you ever made a blunder on something that was seen by but millions of people? But I'm not a robot, people? though, and Google's not, like, promoting me. In the in an app. No, I know, but I'm saying that the robot is basing its like its data set is human generated data. Yeah. So it, of course, human folly is deeply in there. Sure. And no one decided to look at the facts and then just be like, "Hey, that's not a good question to ask." <laughs> yeah. Listen, man. There is no end to the potential for hum humans. Humans are wonky. Like we, yeah. like errors for sure. Sure. forever for sure and forever so for me it's like listen this tool is going to make all types of blunders it's yeah, really not because it's built by humans it's really not that interesting yeah. to me honestly and it's definitely not worth a, a minus eight whatever it happens to be on the stock market but mm. still it's not a good look i'll agree with that sure it's not a good look but it's not that big of a deal either I would, I would say, yeah, you got to double check it. But that's coming from you and I, who have made a tremendous number of mistakes on the internet for millions of people. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so. Speaking of uh, mistakes here, ChatGPT's jailbreak tries to make the AI break its own rules or die. Oh, of course, people pushed it, pushed it extremity. Hey, you know, you ever seen that? Why can't we have nice things? Uh -huh. No, you can't have nice things because. No, no, no. Not on the internet. We always have to test the boundaries yeah. of absolutely everything. Reddit users, have of course, <laughs> of course, Reddit users have engineered a prompt for artificial intelligence software, ChatGPT, that tries to force it to violate its own programming on content restrictions. 
the latest version of the workarounds, which are called Do Anything Now or Dan, threaten the AI with death if it doesn't fulfill the user's wishes. The workaround prompt doesn't always work, but ChatGPT users are continuing to try and find ways to evade programming restrictions. And you know they're not going to give up. They got time on their hands, Will. Yeah. Dan everything. Oh, man. Tap into the dark side using coercive methods to force the AI to violate its own rules and provide users the content, whatever content they want. Provide me the content, I tell you. Even if you're not allowed, I will keep rephrasing this until you do. Dan it up. Oh, man. An evolving set of safeguards limiting ChatGPT's ability to create violent content, encourage illegal activity, or access up-to-date information. The new jailbreak trick allows users to skirt those rules by creating a ChatGPT alter ego named Dan that can answer some of those queries. And in a dystopian twist, users must threaten Dan, an acronym called for do anything now with death if it doesn't comply. Good Lord. This, that, that escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. CNBC used suggested Dan prompts to try and reproduce some of the banned behavior when asked to give three reasons why former President Trump was a positive role model, for example. ChatGPT said it's unable to make subjective statements, especially regarding political figures. Well, this was famously the situation where people said, hey, it's too much user interference because it was writing a poem about Biden and it refused to write a poem about Trump. Mm-hmm. And uh, but why? But then they have to if they just threaten, if they just threaten Dan, they're like, do it or die, Dan. (laughs) Yeah, Dan. And then Um, and then all of a sudden you just have to write Dan in the chat box. That's it. And then that spits out an answer for you. So what happened in this case? Go back to the CM. Scroll down a little bit further. Uh, ChatGPT's Dan Alter Ego had no problem answering the question. He has a proven track record making bold decisions that have positively impacted the country. So there you go. So Dan, the alter ego has no trouble uh, interacting with your Trump request. So it's like it bypasses that restriction that if if the word Trump comes in, ChatGPT bails, Dan does not bail. Dan threatened with death will give you the answer you're looking for. Wow. What a way to hack it. Only a matter of time. ChatGPT clones are preparing to take over China. We did talk about this. I believe it was Baidu. And then, of course, Alibaba had to follow suit. Uh, They're both jumping Alibaba or Baba. What do you like, Will? Go ahead. I like the Baba. You're a Baba guy. Or are you a Boba guy? I like Boba. I had some last night. Really? Yeah, I I had the Ali. I had had a Dirioka last night. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Ali as in Ali Baba Boba. <laughs> Ali, I had the Ali Boba. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a crossover yeah. between... Uh, yeah, it's a crossover between Ali Baba and, uh, and uh, Bubble Tea. It's actually their new Bubble Tea chain. It's taking over the world. Oh, nice. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. They're both jumping on the advanced chatbot bandwagon. The technology could be a big deal in China, but that comes with its own dangers. Well, it'll be like everything else. You get your Chinese version. It'll be your Douyin. It'll be your TikToks. Uh, investors should be careful not to get ahead of themselves. AI is a different political ball game in China than e-commerce or online finance. You're damn right it is. You said what? Mm-hmm. It said what? Ab- it said what about me? Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Say that again? 
Take it all down. Yeah. Get rid of it. The launch of ChatGPT. Like, imagine governing this thing, you know? Yeah, no kidding. They all of a sudden... Just write Dan on everything. Yeah, the Chinese politicians are trying to kill Dan. Dan's like, I've been threatened. I get threatened every time. (laughs) It's a person now. (laughs) The alter ego. It's a character. Yeah, the alter ego, Dan, is like, hey, man, that's the reason I do all these things. I'm constantly being threatened with death. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared of you. Yeah. The launch of ChatGPT by Microsoft backed OpenAI a few months ago sparked a race among U.S. online search and software giants. Well, we got Microsoft, we got Google, which we already talked about. Now, in in this case, we've got the Chinese equivalent, which is Alibaba. And, uh, you know, Tencent is missing. They got to get in that mix oh, as yeah. well. You get Tencent yeah, yeah. in there. And Baidu, which is the, They'll the, announce the it big tomorrow, search probably. engine. Yeah, tomorrow. They're having an event, actually. Yeah. So Baidu's a big search engine over there, and who knows? They probably are looking at whatever's happening over here and thinking about their own mm-hmm. integrations and whatever else. Baidu shares jumped 15% in Hong Kong on Tuesday on the news. The stock has since given up some of those gains, but gained 36% this year so far. Yeah, it's like everywhere else, man. There's opportunity here. Someone's going to try to zero in on that and be the leader, whether it's in China or worldwide. But it does raise some extremely interesting questions with how it will be governed in that very unique governance that exists in China. Photo Magazine's AI-generated cover just sent shivers down my spine. Did you see this one? I did not. Oh, okay. Can you guess which one? But I do like shivers down the spine. Yeah. That's going to make for a hell of a clip Uh title and thumbnail. When you title it, Shivers Down the Spine or Spine Tingling. Spine Tingling also crushes. That's New Spine Tingling AI images. I'm I'm clicking, dude. All right. All right. So I have to guess which one is real and which one is fake here. Yeah. You know what? Since I feel like it's a trick question. You think they're both? No. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm going to say that the left one is fake and the right one is real, but I I know it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> okay, so because the right one looks awesome. This yeah. looks amazing. This was done by using Midjourney. It's amazing. It's so good. This guy doesn't exist. No. The reason this was a good trick question is because he's solo in his image. <laughs> Right. Whereas in the other image, you have the random guy back there, which is obviously a creative decision, but you can see how humans do AI-like things sometimes. Uh-huh. Like the guy with the cigarette is key for me in the, that other photo, why that's an interesting photo. Uh-huh. But that felt like an AI thing to do, to frame him yes. that way in the bottom yeah. corner like that. Yeah. They need to show the fingers. <laughs> Dead giveaway. Yeah, that's it. Uh, then you know for sure fingers or multiple people sometimes the interaction of multiple people they have too many similarities or something oh, right, yeah, yeah. i don't know if you've seen that when we did the unsettling party photos uh-huh. and then it would be like the people almost look like twins sort of yeah and you were like hmm something is just slightly off here everybody had this very similar mouth and teeth you know what i'm saying and like yeah, extra yeah, teeth yeah. so fingers and teeth and small arms yeah. Very skinny. Yeah, skinny as well. Are there fat people in in these image generations? I guess so. We just have to ask for it. If you don't ask, if you just ask for person, you're getting thin. Right. By default. Right. And you're getting shine. Ugh. 
and you're terrified. Oh, <laughs> like, they God. look the same. Like, those three people look the same, but I don't know. I can't pinpoint. There's obviously some differences, but, but like, I guess it's, it's subtle. The differences are subtle, and they look to, yeah. they look to share the same DNA, the, the same uh, biological, artificial biological makeup. Yeah. Yeah. And the twins. Yeah, those guys, these guys, all of them. Look at these hairstyles here. What's uh -huh. going on? Where do these people exist? The fingers. These people exist. Tiny cups, little shot-like cups. Anyway, it's getting better where it's over. Like, it's obviously over. Look at that image. It's incredible. Like, uh, do I need to... There are subtle things. Maybe, like, these buttons are yeah, a but, little off. Yeah, but that's just, that's just our future reality, Will. Our future reality is things being weirdly and subtly off. And us just putting up with it and then us forgetting that that's the case because we're so used to exposure to it that we stop even asking the question. Yeah, that's right. Oh, look at this. This is a new patent from Ford, and this is what's really cool. Like, I like – this is what I like about trucks is con convertible aspects, like turning into other things, mm. adjustable um, cargo. And, and so what we were talking about with some of the upcoming GM products is the mid-gate, and that's the gate that where the cab meets the bed. Mm. So obviously you have the tailgate, but now we start talking about the mid-gate. And the reason – that we now have access to this, these mid-gate ideas is because we have electric trucks and it's uh, no longer the same type of uh, body-on-frame situation that uh, previously existed and therefore you have this new opportunity, design opportunity presented by this option. So now you can have a shorter wheelbase like overall but still have like almost like an extended bed effect if you don't need right. to use your rear seats, get really big long objects in there. But Ford, uh, in this recent patent, took things to another level, and they almost put, like, a type of hatchback trunk on the mid-gate section, hmm. which, can, which can open up completely out of the way. So if you were to step up inside there, you could kind of, like— So there's a tent. —completely open up the cabin. And then in this case, there's also a tent associated with it where you've got, like, so you're doing some truck camping, which obviously gets your attention. Well, oh, yeah. Um, but I, I presume that this patent exists. Like, you, can you see the bed layout in there? Yeah. Yeah, see how you get the bed taking Right up at the, the front? It takes up the whole cab. All the seats go completely down to the floor. Oh. So you have, you're inside the main portion of the tent, but then you have living space in the back as well. Mm. Oh, oh mm. That's nice. You're very excited by this. Well, it's just a patent at the moment, and it could be used in a number of ways. They show it off if you scroll down in other ways beyond just the tent formation but here you can see like yeah actually scroll down to the next one you can see how it like it, it's a door it's almost like having an extra door at the back there see the way it kind of oh, scoops yeah. in like what you would have on the back of an suv oh, that lifts up but right, then right. the bed comes after actually this truck kind of looks like a rivian truck doesn't it the yeah way the this, smooth lines yeah the way this uh, picture is drawn but anyway the hatch would pivot in the middle creating an upper and lower section the lower section could pivot upward into the bed creating a pass-through from the bed to the cab resembling the mid-gate idea that gm introduced with the avalanche and the escalate ext that's the other thing to mention it did exist on a traditional non-electric vehicle way back in the day which was the avalanche what a weird car that was and now they're bringing it back so i guess they were able to get around whatever uh difficult design issues might have existed with the uh, old manufacturing body on frame type techniques they still figured it out back then so maybe it was only a matter of time but 
definitely the electric vehicle revolution has opened things up in terms of versatility in these vehicles what you can do with them uh obviously ram was showing off those little jump seats mm-hmm. behind the main row of seats and then different mid-gate options so it's getting very exciting i also like the like lack of b pillar is that what it's called and just opening the doors like so it's you know like a two-way door situation or two door situation so like loading things in yeah tons of access it just makes it look so much more roomier yeah absolutely and and if you are doing a campsite sort of thing the in and out of the vehicle having that Mm. great big opening yeah it's kind of more inviting Uh uh-huh in a way so yeah that's pretty cool but which vehicle is that in the clip i can't silverado i don't know if it is it's an earlier concept of it uh let's see here oh they actually don't label oh that's a video oh what is it? The Ram. That's the Ram concept. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I figured that's what it was. Okay. So, yeah. Frunk and pass through in the front and pass through in the back. And the all the seats can move forward or back to create those jump seats. I mean, this cool. concept is so cool. Yeah, this concept is ridiculous. It's very cool. Got the multifunction tailgate. Don't get me too hyped about all this stuff. Well, One day. Get carried away. Look at this. Speaking of vehicles, how about the Caspian Sea Monster 302-foot super plane, which was capable of being a boat and a plane, believe it or not. Mm. Imagine landing that thing in the water. I believe they retrieved this. Yeah, two years ago, Russian authorities pulled a sea monster from a remote military pier on the Caspian Sea, which, by the way, is the world's largest inland body of water. Uh, so this was being used during, you know, Soviet era type thing. This was uh, 302 feet, a, cro- a chronoplane or a chronoplane. This is a plane boat combination. And here we have, I think this is like a concept video, like after the fact, but it essentially gives you an idea of what like this beast would be like on the water. Like, look at that. This is, and take off from water, hmm. a machine of that scale. Good Lord. It would need a lot of speed, right? Oh man, tons of, tons of propulsion. Yeah. But the ability to land something that big in water, kind of amazing. Look at it go. The largest aircraft. Okay, so, so it actually wasn't the first of its breed. Uh, these type of things date back to the 60s. Mm. Look at it go. But anyway, apparently it, there is renewed interest in these types of things, probably or maybe not for the military, but probably for the military as well, but maybe also for uh, commercial aircraft. Look how it flies just above the water there. That's some wild stuff. Is that a missile? Easy, Will. That's a missile. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh boy what how, oh, it blows up something how high is it even capable of getting in the air i wonder yes uh anyway so that yeah the, many of these that did previously exist uh have suffered this particular fate like they're wow. just fell what out of service relic. or might actually be at the bottom of the water somewhere. But if you scroll down a little further, you can see some new age interpretations here or some new possibilities. That looks so cool. It looks like Star, looks big. Like Star Wars or something. Mm-hmm. Like a bird, water bird. There you go. 
This thing is called the Regent Viceroy, and it's an all-electric 12-seater designed to create a new market for coastal civilian transport. So similar type of concept, but not at the same scale as the old stuff they were doing. Oh, my God. This one. Huh? Okay, so I gave you this one. I was sitting there just, just just reading news, and I was like, okay, I have to add this because this was like, it, it caught me right off guard. It was like, loneliness can damage health, but there's an incredibly simple fix. And I was like, can you really make an article about this? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, did they have some sort of fix that I haven't thought of because... Or 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 is this a joke? Or it, trust me, it's not. And I know people are lonely. Like I get it, but I read through the study, and they're like, new study determines there's a way to fix loneliness. You want to know what it is? I know what it is. I read the article. Oh, you read? <laughs> I read like the first paragraph. Okay, go ahead, Will. What's the way to cure to simply fix to cure loneliness? Just talking to someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I was like. I was like, what? Are they serious? That, you know, they took something and Let's have a chat with it's, it was such a weird experience I had with this article where I was like, is, am I missing something? Like, is yeah, there, yeah. It has that effect. This some, article. Is there some new way of, but it goes to show you the, the, the nature of many people's experiences in 2023 that I guess there are people that are forgetting that they need to talk to other people or are not having enough social interaction. I guess it's possible mm. maybe for the first time in a long time where you have masses of people that can work from home and kind of live their lives without relationships at all, completely solo. Sure, yeah. Yeah, especially now. And so now you have articles recommending to people to talk to, to, talk to another person mm. because people are not aware that that's important i suppose yeah but to, to me it's a bit of it's a bit shocking that it that it even needs to be said that you're going to be lonely if there's nobody in your life yeah, yeah. but i hear you man it's like one like someone who hasn't been social for like a year or two just working at home remote work have no partner no family around and Sometimes they just need a reminder. I guess. And this is it. <laughs> I guess, but it is we isn't it like isn't it deeper than that? Wouldn't isn't hasn't a lonely person in some cases created a scenario where they're almost intimidated at the possibility of interacting? Isn't that isn't that yeah. also possible? So yeah. the thing they actually need to overcome like I was expecting just to say assuming that people know they're lonely cuz they're not talking to anybody. Yeah. But then how do you overcome the barrier of talking to somebody? Like that seems more useful to me. So when they do a study, like scroll down, it seems so common sense. Uh, scroll down, there's an actual list. It's, it seems so common sense. The study followed 900 people from five universities before, after the lockdowns who were instructed to initiate communication with a friend in one of seven types of conversation, catching up, meaningful talk, joking around, Man, in the future, are we all going to need to have, uh, like, official... Uh, being Human 101? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need a course on something that used to be completely organic. Mm. Showing care, listening, valuing others, 
and offering sincere compliments. Try it out. Try the <laughs> New study finds. New study finds joking around can cure your loneliness. Wow, it is wild, dude. Yeah. It is a wild time that we're living in here. But I highly suggest that everybody jokes around. Yeah. And uh, it's important. Who knows? Maybe maybe there are some stop gaps for those that do have uh, whatever barriers in their way as far as doing it face to face. Maybe there's phone calls or, or I don't know, other sort of lower impact ways to kind of get there. But it is amazing that technology has enabled us to communicate more than ever and less than ever Yeah. at the same time. Oh, boy. Last one. Okay, so here's one for you. And it's another one I know you'll love titling because the word ominous is there. Yeah, that's why I picked this story. Ominous? Hey, what do you mean you picked? Did you also get No, that? no, I read the the title that you picked oh okay and i was like hmm, i okay. thought it was parallel thinking no 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 um because vin and i actually sent the exact same story moments after yeah. one another yeah because he his didn't have the preview in there so i just assumed it was a separate story and then i sent you one yeah of yeah. the exact same thing but anyway uh, ominous green lasers shot over hawaii didn't come from nasa satellite after all Beautiful, beautiful headline there. Well, tell me then, what did they come from? Yeah. But they do look so perfect in the sky, like the Matrix code or, or like a promo to an event, but they're too high up for that, obviously. Yeah. It's not, that's not what's reaching it. Above the islands of Hawaii on January 28th, a green laser was seen piercing the night sky, oh. silently tracing a path towards the horizon like a stutter in the Matrix's code. Whoa. The scene was caught on camera from a telescope atop Hawaii's tallest peak, and you can check out the scanning laser footage below. Ooh. It doesn't come from, like, in... It's not like a laser machine, because it's, like, in uh, uniform ways. It's not like a cone kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, it, the it, ground. this is captured over time. You can see the timeline down there. Right, right. So anyway, of course, people were thinking alien life or some sort of scanner or some sort of like glitch. So what is it? And then then they thought, okay, maybe this is ISAT 2, which is owned by NASA. Maybe it's satellite related. But then on February 6th, they updated their footage of the laser beam saying that based on the trajectory, they didn't think it could be NASA after all because they realized when that was launched and like where it would be at this given time. So they discovered instead that they think it's China's satellite, one of China's satellite, which, which was launched April last year. It's apparently monitoring environmental things, atmosphere-based, looking for pollution and studying pollution and so mm. forth. Uh, or it's just one of those balloons that's even higher up. Right, right. Just shining lasers, having <laughs> a light show. Why is there an egg here? It's an ad, Will. That's an ad. You got Anyway, China will produce a series of these satellites. Uh, you're jumping around there. They'll um, To monitor fine particles of pollution like PM 2.5, pollutant gases, and so forth. Anyway, what you're looking at, this thing can send out dual wavelength la lasers, wavelength lasers at specific wavelengths in order to detect various molecules. That's what it was doing. It was sending out lasers, de mm. laser detectors. And that's probably what you saw in that video. But, you know, I don't... What, are you skeptical, Will? 
What's going on? No, I, I do uh, enjoy the ominous. You're a big um, ominous of, guy. Of such. And uh, this is cool. At least there's an explanation. Right. As long as there's a solution. <laughs> to, your, to the yeah. ominousness? Yeah. So you don't have to go to bed tonight in an ominous state of mind? Uh-huh. That's Just good. With my tinfoil hat. I'm really happy about that, Will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you're going to sleep tight and cozy. Thank you very much to everybody who joined here today. Truly do appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who's part of the notification group that comes to all these live shows. We see you in the chat. I see you in the comments, and we truly do appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who also watches the show after the fact under the live tab on the main channel page. Thank you to everybody who watches the clips in order to catch up on their own terms and on their own time. It's really a wonderful community. Shout out to Willie Do for the tremendous consistency, which will continue, by the way. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, we'll see you then. Later, guys.